from the heart of the Nifty Radio Recording Studios high above 107 Columbia Street in the heart of Uptown Downtown Albany. Welcome. We have just parachuted in from three fabulous weeks at the 20th anniversary edition of the Nifty Summer College at the Syracuse University Law School. Our thanks to the folks there for their wonderful hospitality and to all the folks who attended the courses. It was a great experience and it's great to be back. Today, we're going to be addressing grand jury surprises. There are many situations where the dismissal of an indictment does not have a 30-day rule of limitation in the time for representation. So let's begin. When the court inspects minutes from a grand jury presentation and determines the evidence presented is insufficient to support a count or counts, the court will dismiss those counts. A 30-day stay is then in effect. The purpose of the stay is to give the people the opportunity to choose which action they will take without the defendant being able to plead to the lesser remaining charges. This stay was legislated primarily due to the reinstitution of the death penalty in 1995. This 30-day period only applies to certain types of dismissals. Here is the backstory to explain the present state of those rules. Until 1990, when there was insufficient evidence presented to the grand jury to support a count or counts, if the evidence did make out lesser included offenses, the court was not permitted to dismiss that higher count, regardless as to whether or not that lesser count was actually in the indictment. This rule changed in 1990, and the amendment permitted the dismissal of counts for which there was insufficient evidence presented in the grand jury even if the lesser included counts were made out. See CPL 210.20 subdivision 1A. With the restoration of the death penalty in 1995, CPL 210.20 was amended to preclude the courts from dismissing a count, such as murder for which a trial conviction would result in the death penalty, for insufficient evidence, and then permit the defendant to plead guilty to a lesser crime before the people had any chance to challenge the court's actions. This amendment, Subdivision 6, gives the people a 30-day stay on the court's order in which to decide whether they will represent the case to a new grand jury with additional evidence, appeal the court's ruling, or accept the court's decision and file a new indictment with the lesser charges. The language of this amendment made the rule applicable to all felonies, not just murder charges. When the death penalty was found to be unconstitutional, this statute remained in force as it applied to the 30-day stay when the court dismisses a top count charge or charges or dismisses all the felonies and orders the filing of a prosecutor's information in the criminal court. The people still have 30 days in which to make their decision as to which one of the above three options they will choose. As noted, this 30-day period was legislated to preclude dismissals by the court and the taking of reduced pleas without the people's opportunity to agree or reject this unilateral plea deal to less than top counts. It was not instituted as a hard and fast deadline, such as the rigid 15-day notice requirement pursuant to CPL 71031A notice, in which the people must have served the defense with statements made by the defendant to law enforcement that could be subject to suppression. An application to the court for additional time to represent is proper. The 30-day period 
does not apply, however, to dismissals of an indictment for reasons not enumerated in CPL 21020, Subdivision 6. It is often mistakenly believed that any dismissal of an indictment in which there is permission to represent must be done within 30 days. When a case is dismissed for the people's failure to properly effectuate the defendant's properly noticed desire to testify in the grand jury, a CPL 19050 issue, there is no 30-day rule that applies for the timing of the people's representation. The only timing rules that come into play are, first, the 45-day rule that requires the new indictment to have been obtained within that time frame. Failure to do so means the defendant can no longer be held on bail. See CPL 210.46. The last paragraph of Subdivision 9 notes that this rule does not preclude the securing of an indictment after the 45 days have elapsed. And number two, the running of the speedy trial time pursuant to 3030. There is no 30-day requirement in these situations for the people to obtain that indictment. Now, finally, the irony here is that the 30-day stay period was legislated for the people's benefit and applies to a limited number of situations. However, it has taken on the appearance of being a time limitation that applies to all representations by the people and may, in fact, negatively affect the prosecution of cases to which it applies if the people do not carefully attend to the timing in cases to which it does apply. Most importantly, if the time period is running out in a situation where it applies, it is imperative that you go to the court and make an appropriate application for an extension of that 30 days. For more information on this and similar topics, please be sure to go to the Prosecutor's Encyclopedia and look for subjects involving grand jury presentation. Our thanks as always to our crack producer, Jonathan Marconi Crispino, who is doing his producing long distance today. As always, if you need any help with any issues, please be sure to contact us here at the Prosecutor's Training Institute. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friend. Stay away.